Hi there. My name is Evan Kirshen, and you are listening to the Brass History Project. In this episode, we'll be diving into the history of one of Cambridge, Massachusetts' most famous brass instruments, which is the Harvard tuba. In my opinion, it's quite an interesting instrument. So if you're excited to learn more, stick around and enjoy the show. Now, what makes the Harvard tuba so special? The answer is that the instrument is just huge. And that's evident just by Googling it. It's pretty darn big. Just to illustrate further, here are some specs regarding the instrument. The Harvard tuba is 88 pounds as compared to a normal tuba, which is about 23 to 26 pounds. The Harvard tuba is about 6 feet 11 inches tall when compared to a normal tuba, which is about three and a half feet tall. And the Harvard tuba consists of about 60 feet of tubing, which is about the length of two utility poles, as compared to about 18 feet of tubing on a normal tuba. So this is quite a large tuba by anyone's standards. However, it's not just the size of the tuba that makes it interesting. It's also its very, very long, interesting history. This tuba made its debut at the 1889 World's Fair in Paris at the Exhibition of Metal. The most famous structure created for the exhibition still stands there today. That structure, interestingly enough, if you haven't guessed already, is the Eiffel Tower. Pretty cool, huh? At the exhibition, the tuba was displayed on a seven-foot pedestal, and it was exhibited apart from the rest of the musical instruments due to its size. Regarding the manufacturing of the instrument, the tuba was actually built by Besson & Co. And it's suspected that the tuba was made in France due to some French markings that were found on the valve casing. I suppose it also makes sense that it was made in France because of the fact that it was exhibited at the World's Fair in France. So that makes sense, right? Why ship it from somewhere else when you can just make it there? So apart from its World's Fair debut, the instrument's has other various tidbits of very interesting history associated with it. A very popular rumor I've heard said about this instrument is that a lot of people believe that the instrument was commissioned by John Philip Sousa for use in his band. However, the fact is that it was really commissioned by an American bandmaster named Patrick Gilmore for a performance at the 1893 Chicago's World Fair. Fittingly enough, the band's name was, quote, Gilmore's 100, the greatest band in the world, unquote. Now, I don't know about you, but that name seems like a bit overkill. However, I can assure you that at the time it was not. Patrick Gilmore was a very, very well-known conductor in his day. So much so that Madison Square Garden was formerly known as Gilmore's Garden before the name changed to Madison Square Garden in 1879. Gilmore would often host a wide range of events, such as music concerts, beauty concerts, and sometimes even the occasional boxing match, even though it was illegal at the time. A 
Unfortunately, Gilmore died in 1892, and there was no mention of the two-bath affair. And that's kind of a bummer, right? <laughs> I mean, you commissioned this big old tuba to be played in this concert with the greatest band in the whole world, and it doesn't happen. That kind of stinks. However, the tuba still went on to live a very interesting life after the turn of the century. The horn eventually found its way to the Carl Fisher store window in New York City. When it arrived in the city, it was paraded around the street on a truck for all to see. And fittingly, after some time, the Carl Fisher store gained the title of the store with the big bass, because they would keep the tuba in the front window. Pretty cool, huh? The instrument actually eventually made its way to Boston in around 1912, when the New York City Carl Fisher location got an even bigger tuba, affectionately referred to nowadays as Big Carl, which we'll discuss later in the show. After the instrument made its way to Boston, Harvard made a point of renting the instrument on a very frequent basis for its various band events. Oftentimes, this unusually large tuba would be played alongside Harvard University's large bass drum, right? They had an equally large bass drum, if you could believe that as well. And in 1948, the Carl Fisher store in Boston actually sold the tuba to Harvard on accident for a hundred bucks. And that's quite a steal, right? <laughs> so the story goes that the clerk at Carl Fisher accidentally wrote in the receipt, sale instead of rent. So obviously when the band looked at the receipt, they saw something was wrong, right? They just wanted to rent it. They didn't want to buy it. So they went over to the store. They asked, hey, what's the deal here? And the store let them keep it. So they got away with <laughs> They got away with buying the tuba for 100 bucks, which in today's money is around $1,000. From then on, the tuba would often be played at Harvard University's frequent band events, often at football games and often at concerts, just to show the novelty of the instrument because it is a, it is a very novel instrument. It's a big tuba, right? So that leads us to nowadays, right? What's happening with this instrument nowadays? In 2019, Dylan Music in Woodbridge, New Jersey, restored the entire instrument. Now, this instrument was in disrepair. As I understand it, the bell was dented. It was very not shiny. There were things wrong with the instrument. It just needed an entire restoration. So that's what they did. In 2019, Dylan Music closed its shops for about a week, and their entire team spent the whole week restoring this tuba. And in my opinion, the restoration was very, very much so worth it. When you look at the tuba nowadays, it looks in it looks like it's in brand new shape. I mean, I'm looking at a picture of it right now, and I'll link this in the show notes, to the tuba in its new case. And the case kind of looks like a big refrigerator, a big red refrigerator. And this is where it kind of lives now. It kind of lives in the Harvard band basement, so it seems, in this big old red refrigerator case. If you look at the picture, you'll get a better understanding of this. I know it sounds weird if you're just listening to the podcast without looking at the picture, but I promise it exists and I promise it, it looks interesting. It's very interesting. So go check it out. To cap off the show, I want to dive into a question that's been bugging me since I started researching this. Namely, is this the largest tuba in the world? Now, to find an answer to that question, we're going to have to compare this tuba 
to mainly two other tubas that are still extant nowadays. And those two tubas are the Carl Fischer tuba and a tuba in Germany called the Riesen tuba, which means the large tuba. And that's held in a town called Markneukirchen. Let's start with Big Carl. Now, a lot of people think this is the world's largest tuba, but it's actually not. And let me explain why. Although it looks like a tuba, the valves don't actually work, right? Those are fake valves. So technically, I suppose you can call that the world's largest bugle, but it's certainly not the world's largest playable tuba. And by the way, that's the criterion here for this question. Is it the world's largest and is it playable? As in, do the valves work, right? So this sort of instrument, although it looks like a tuba, the valves don't work. So in my book, it does not count as um, a contender for the world's largest playable tuba. Now, this other tuba that lives in Germany is a real contender, right? This thing puts up the numbers, so they say. <laughs> so it's not as tall as the Harvard tuba, but it is heavier. So this tuba comes in at about 100 pounds, and it's about 6 feet and 8.71 inches tall. So let's compare that to the Harvard tuba. The Harvard tuba is a bit taller than this instrument. However, this instrument is a bit heavier than the Harvard tuba. Now, I know a lot of the tuba people out there may be saying right now, but Evan, there are a bunch of other large tubas in the world. Where do they fit into this? And my answer to that would be, they don't, right? So a lot of those tubas are not playable. A lot of those tubas have dummy valves. So that wouldn't fit into the category, at least in my book, of world's largest playable tuba. Um, so there, and by the way, there, there are so many other large tubas, quote unquote, large tubas in the world. Um, it's really, it's really a subject in and of its own <laughs> that Definitely requires a different episode, but there are other large tubas in the world. However, the criterion for my question is what's the world's largest playable tuba? And to answer that question, these are the big two contenders, right? Namely, the Harvard tuba and this German tuba that's held in Mark Neukirchen. So which one is bigger? If you go by weight, you could say that the one in Germany is bigger. But if you go by height, you could say that the Harvard tuba is indeed the bigger tuba. But there's another measurement that we can judge based off of, and that's length. As we discussed earlier in the show, the Harvard tuba is quite long. However, I'm suspecting the German tuba is just a little bit longer due to the fact that the German tuba has a fourth valve and the Harvard tuba does not. The fourth valve, mind you, would make the instrument naturally longer because of the extra tubing involved. So which is the larger tuba? If you ask me, I would say I don't know, honestly. If you go by height, the Harvard tuba is definitely bigger. So I suppose it takes the cake for the world's tallest functional tuba. However, by all other measures, I'd suppose I'd have to go with the German tuba. Although the German tuba is shorter height-wise than the Harvard tuba, it is a bit heavier and it is a bit longer due to that fourth valve.
Thank you so much for listening to the Brass History Project. I really hope you enjoyed listening to the show as much as I enjoyed making it. The show was written and edited by me. However, the music you heard today comes from a variety of different places. The fanfare you heard at the top of the show was from the U.S. Army Old Guard Fife and Drum Corps. The tuba music comes from my friend Pine, and the jazz music is from the Joy Drops. Again, my name is Evan Kirshen, and thank you for listening to the Brass History Project. <laughs>